Warning, this show contains childish adult content and is intended for immature, mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. The views spoken are hours and hours alone, not those of any other bugger. If you're easily offended, we strongly suggest finding another podcast. Everybody neat and pretty, then on with the show. Is After Dark Podcast is sponsored by HHNUnofficial.com, the home of Halloween Horror Nights news and rumors all year round. Find us on the web at www.HHNUnofficial.com. So stop the fog machines and clear the cobwebs. It's time for another episode of the podcast that's nearly the same as all the others. Hey there, my name is Wendy Prater. I've been an agent with Magical Journeys Travel, an authorized Disney vacation planner for five years now. I'm also a proud sponsor of the Dis After Dark podcast. These guys are great. Keep listening. Whether you have been guilted into taking your little princess to see Elsa or you're wanting to drink around the world showcase in a fabulous adult vacation, let me help you create the most magical experience by cutting out your stress. I make the plans, you make the memories. I'll find you the best deals and arrange your whole itinerary. My services are free, so why not? Mention this ad for $25 off your deposit. I also specialize in universal vacations, all major cruise lines, and all-inclusive vacations. Find me at WPMagicJourneys.com to get started. This is a Disaster Dark emergency broadcast. Hello and welcome to this emergency broadcast of Disaster Dark. Uh, I am Nick and I am joined by my good buddy and power, Mr. Craig Lucas. Good evening, little arse. You were sorely missed on Monday, but you're here oh, now. Yeah. I'm here now, yeah. What was I doing on Monday? Working. Oh, I was the 2200 out of London, Houston. Oh my God, what a train that is. <laughs> Surely it's the same every, train? Every stop. Oh. It's like a, f- a fucking bus service to crew. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll, I'll, I should hopefully find out what that kind of experience is like very soon, but more on that later. Um, right, we sent an emergency broadcast because that something had been kind of rumoured, um, but it actually broke today. It's actually happening and I, I don't think I've seen the Disney fan community in this much turmoil, probably ever. Well, put it this way. I'm sitting here now drinking vodka neat. <laughs> I hadn't got onto that. <sighs> I, that's, for, that's for Dan, yeah. What did he say? Them Russians. Uh, well, I don't know at the moment. I, I don't think we should mention Russia. Well, there's a thing, right... It's all about link bait, so we're going to talk about the rage that is the Disney community at the moment. But if we can find a way to link it to Russia as well, we're bound to get a million downloads. Well, it's easy. I mean, we we can turn around and say is what Disney's announced today is effectively like giving somebody uh, a poisonous treatment um, in public, allegedly, yeah. allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. Um, so, so yeah, so, uh, well, Craig, I'll let, you wanted to, you wanted to call this emergency meeting, so I'll let you, I'll let you push for, forward with the agenda. Well, basically, um, 
Disney have announced today that uh, if, well, going forward, anyone who books to, to stay on one of their uh, resorts is going to be getting charged a car parking fee. And it's a tiered car parking fee. Yeah. So if, you, if you're staying at the lower class of resort, you're paying a lower fee. And if you're staying at a, a deluxe resort, you're paying top dollar. But it's, there's not much variation, is there? Oh, there's plenty of variation. There's plenty of variation. If you're there for two, uh, a two-week vacation, um, I think it was $13 or something. I'm just trying to get Wendy Pratt's post up. Magical <laughs> journeys, because I think she put everything down. Yes, I think she did. Um, now, what's important to note is that um, it is being what they... what. The, the ter- I never understood the term grandfathering, but um, it, it is being that. So basically, the actual change takes place next week. That's right, when it goes I'm, live. I've got Wendy's post up here. I'm okay. literally going to read it. Yep. Okay. Yep. Get, guests booking prior to March the 21st, 2018, are not affected by changes at this time. Effective for reservations made 21st of March 2018 and thereafter. Standard overnight self-parking is available to registered guests for a fee that will be applied to their hotel bill upon checkout. All parking fees include applicable tax. Standard overnight parking charges per resort category are as follows. The Disney Value Resort... $13 a night. The Disney Moderate Resorts, $19 per night. And the Disney Deluxe and Deluxe Villa Resorts, $24 per night. Deluxe Villas Valley Parking, $33 per night. Wow. That is a disgrace. Well, the thing is, and we'll go on to because we we put some feelers out. I mean, it's, a, it, it's erupted all over social media. We put our own post out there. And we've we've had some comments and some listens, so we'll go to those uh, shortly. But well, well, what I thought it would be good. Um, fair enough that a few podcasts and blades um, have an opinion about this, but I've put it out to our listeners, and these are genuine. Yeah. Um, customers of the Disney company. These are the people that they're actually fleecing. Mm. Now, so, I think uh, it's one, one thing to, to kind of note with this uh, is that generally, you know, we have quite a big American fan base and for our American listeners, they don't generally go out as for as, for as long a period as we do. So when we come over from the UK, unless it's to do Halloween Horror Nights, you're usually there for between two and three weeks. You don't normally go to Disney World for a week in the well, UK. Well, let's let's um, let's take last year's trip as an example, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, I was two weeks in the Beach Club with a seven-seater car, which was approximately for me to hire about five hundred English pounds. So that's roughly, give or take a shilling, seven hundred dollars. Yep. Yeah. Now. 14 nights, I would then have to add on $24 per night. Plus tax? No, that's including tax. That includes tax, okay. Yeah. So, 
I'm just taking my shoes and socks off now. $24 times 14 nights is an extra 336 So that's $1,000 I'm having to shell out now just for the privilege of having a car sitting in a car park space. Because 80% of the holiday it wasn't used. It was a luxury. Mm-hmm. And it was a luxury we were afforded because Disney has never historically charged their hotel guests to park at the parks or the resort. Yeah, and I mean, we talked about this a little bit when we dis- when when we was arranging Halloween highlights last year. Um, you said to me early doors uh, before we actually we actually booked it to quote you. Um, you know, I said to you, "Are you going to get a car?" Because I don't drive, uh, but I know how big Orlando is. And I said, "Are we going to get a car?" And you said, "We're not going to get a car because for two reasons: one, for how long we're there, we can get around using Uber, uh, and secondly." The fact that if we had a car, you had to pay a car park charge at um, Cabana Bay, which is where we were staying. Um, now, that surprised me because I've never stayed on Universal property before. Um, I'd only stayed at Disney World or iDrive. And most iDrive hotels, most of them, do not charge you for parking. They, I mean, they might charge you for parking, but it's included in the room rate. So you don't, you don't really see it, right? You don't pay attention to it. But Universal, they, they did charge you a daily charge for parking. So um, it was going to add on a few hundred dollars, like you say, for something that was for 95% of the trip was going to sit there doing nothing. It would have just been used for transfers to and from the airport and our little trip to downtown Disney. That we did. We'd, I'd have probably made you take me to Walmart and yeah, Popeye's have... Chicken, and that's about it. Um, yeah, I'd have, I'd, have, I'd have done that as well, definitely. Yeah, we, we, but other than that, we, the, we, we was there for a short time. We didn't have that much free time to do anything else anyway. We, we need to. As, as it turned out, we paid a friend um, for their, their time to pick us up and drop us off. Yep. And we paid for one Uber. Yeah, yeah, we paid so, for an Uber to get us to, to uh, downtown Disney. Uh, Disney so, what, from memory, we paid something like eighty dollars in total, something like that. Wasn't something it? like that. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't much for, for, for the, the four days, three days that we were there. Um, now, Universal does tier their parking as well. So, a no to park at Cabana is cheaper to park at the Hard Rock. We stayed at the Hard Rock four nights last year, and we had over $100 parking charges to pay on mm. checkout per car. We had two cars. Mm. You know, so, again, you stick that extra $100 for staying on Universal property and the fact that you're hiring the car for the next few days. Our plans next year, um, right, this currently, the wording hasn't changed for UK guests. So UK guests for next year, we think, the parking is still included. Which would be a but big that... difference from the UK perspective because, as I said before, you know, when we go to uh, Orlando, um, we're not going for just seven days. We're normally going for 14 or 21 days. Um, and some families will spend all their time at, uh, at Disney World. Um, they might spend the odd day going shopping, might spend the odd day going to... Universal, SeaWorld, might say drive to Bush Gardens. You know, they they might do the odd day trip, but but the majority of their time 
when people when families go to Disney World is going to be spent at Disney World, which means you don't really need a car. No, you've just got to give yourself to their transportation system. And what is getting a major overhaul at the moment is their transportation system. They are getting ready for driverless cars. Without a shadow of a doubt, they're putting bus lanes in, driverless cars. They're, they're using the minivans, driverless cars. That whole resort is going to be redone over a period of time for the implementation of driverless cars. So do you think that maybe the reason for them doing this is because their expectation is that in, you know, let, let's just say in 10 years, driverless cars are a big thing. They're used all over the place. And so people generally don't need to have their own car. They would need to get some kind of transportation from the airport to the resort. Magical Express. And then, and then back again, which you yeah. could do, you know, so we could be looking at an Uber or a taxi. Um, I don't, do, do they allow Uber on property? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can Uber. Right. Uber have got a bad rap on Disney property. But Uber, right, we used the minivans last year. And I've got to say, the minivans were phenomenal. Right? So to use the minivans, you have to download the Lyft app. Mm-hmm. And then, as a UK human being, um, I don't know if it was this, just because I was UK or this is in general, you take the uh, Lyft app to a cash member behind the desk uh, at the hotel. And at the, at the time, it was only, I think it was only the deluxe resorts that had the, um, the benefit of them. I don't know if it's been rolled out more. So we were at the beach club, so we could use them. They put a code in on your Lyft app and magically all the minivans appeared on the maps. Right. Now, they were a $25 flat fee. So on one of the, on one of the nights we used them, we'd been at the, uh, the water park. We were going, the plan was to go from the water park straight to the Polynesian to go and eat in... Um, that big place, the Buffy place, I can't remember what it's called, um, the famous place in Polynesian, fucking hell, this vodka's good. <laughs> the big restaurant where you, it's all you can eat meat. Oh, uh, I, uh, yeah. Not a Hana. Um, yeah, Hana's, yeah, yeah. Hana's, yeah. Okay. Good lad, good lad. Um, but we got, we got saturated, we got rained on, the, the water park shut, um, torrential rain, we legged to the cars, soaked through to the skin. So we went back to the resort to get changed and we we used the lift cars. Phil got one, I got one and then we, we went home via the monorail and walking through Epcot and then we used it again um, after Mickey's Not So Scary because the minivans pick you up at the gate of the Magic Kingdom. Right. So the girls got in one, and then with the kids, because they, they seat six or seven, I think, six, I think it is, and then me and Phil got in the second one with all, all the shit, basically, all the baggage and the prams and everything like that. 
So and the the proper the good, the brilliant, big, spacious, brilliant staff, very communicative to to chatty, twenty-five dollars. Twenty-five dollars, mind you, for a, a ten dollar journey. So the charge and a premium, there's a markup on it. Hmm. This this is the way they're going, and now they're making it uh, an inconvenience to take your own car. Like don't 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 be on you know Americans a lot of Americans with big families can't afford to fly down, so they will do that eighteen hour drive, Griswold style, to get to Wally World. Yeah. Yeah, it's not all about. I mean, you know, again, you know, we talk about the flying situation because that's what we do. But you're right; there are plenty of people that that do fly in that, um, you know, kind of avoid things that way. Um, but yeah, I just, you know, it just seems, you know, with the with the, the recent ticket increases, and we was obviously talking about that on the episode on Monday, and this as well. You know, I mentioned on that episode about the fact that there is a glass ceiling. There's got to be a glass ceiling. And it does make you wonder what they're going for. But the thing is, right, Kerry pointed out this. Um, We, you know, we're not rich, but we stayed at a deluxe resort. Yeah? We stayed at a deluxe resort because we saved more and we saved longer. So that that's what you do. Of course, there's rich people, you know, staying in these rich resorts. But there's also people like me who just save longer and save harder. And the thing is, you know, the, the argument that I see quite often, and I, this is normally quite centric on Disneyland Paris groups, but it's on all kinds of Disney theme park forums and, and, and Facebook pages and whatnot, is that people complain about the costs and they say, why can't things be cheaper? Why can't this be cheaper? And the reason why, simply, is that, you know, Disney, like any other kind of corporation, is there to make money for themselves or the shareholders. It is a business. It is there to make money. If they can charge you £100 to do something that they used to charge you £50 to do and they're still getting the same kind of levels of people doing it, they are not going to reduce their prices. If they put their prices up to £150 and suddenly they saw a, a drop of like 70% of like attendance, that price would come back down. Oh, they they, they wouldn't keep it there. They wouldn't keep it there. But they are going to do this until they see it have a ne- negative impact. And the thing is, unfortunately, people being vocal on social media is not enough. That is, well, they're not going to balk at this today, I don't think. The thing is, you, it, right, Disneyland Paris, last February half term, we stayed in the Cheyenne, Monday to Friday, family of four, breakfast included, 650 quid. The same holiday for next February, family of four, Monday to Friday, breakfast not included, £1,000. Mm. Right? So, when we started going in 2009, I'm guessing, I can't remember, parking fees at the, at the uh, theme parks were maybe $10, $12. The 
you've now gone through the twenty dollar ceiling. They go up every year. They could have the the, ho- the prices for the hotel goes up, the park tickets goes up. We get that. We haven't reached that ceiling, as you say. We haven't got there yet because we're all still going. It just takes us a bit longer to save up. Instead of going every, we used to try and go every year if we could. Now we go every two years. It might end up that we go every three years. Now, can you know? I can I talk about Stuart? Yeah. So, because uh, we haven't done a trip report with Stuart for whatever reason. Uh, we will. We will get round. Okay. But but he went last year for the first time, and he, although he spent most of his time at Disney, they actually stayed at Universal. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, the one thing that, you know, we talked about when um, discussing the, his trip is the fact that every day he went to Disney, he had to pay, is it $24, I think, at the moment? I think it's about $22. $22. But he, he was staying at, um, I think it was the Cabana Bay. Right. I'll be honest with you, right? I literally haven't sat down with him and had an in-depth conversation about his trip even though he's my bestest buddy in the whole world, we just haven't had the chance, right? So, fairly certainly stayed in the Cabana Bay, so we had parking charges to pay. And then every time he went to Disney, he had parking charges to pay. If he'd have done it the other way around, he'd have stayed on Disney property, he'd have saved, he'd have had free parking, and he'd have, the days he went to Universal, he'd have had to have paid them. Yeah, so it had been a flip flop of what actually happened in in, in his situation. Um, yeah. But I mean, the other thing when I heard this announcement is mm-hmm. it made me think I'd probably be more inclined uh, looking to stay off property than on property. Because what, what does that make you lose? You stay off property, all of a sudden, all your fast passes have gone from sixty days to thirty days. What have they just started charging for, for some of the deluxe resorts? For the um, the, the top tier? Mm. Yeah, that uh, super fast pass or whatever it's called. Yeah, 90 days out. But see, the thing is, you can have 60 days out and still not get the fast passes you want. Well, this is Wendy gave a top tip the other day, didn't she? She says, book the um, flight of passage because when... You can book 10 days' worth of fast passes, can't you, on the 60 days? Mm. Is that right or is that wrong? No, I think that's right. And she said, do it because Americans, like, maybe only five days or four days. So she says, top tip, brilliant tip, book them, them amazing fast passes that you can't get at the start of your holiday, at the end of your holiday. Because... But to be honest, and you're, you're right, okay, about the fast pass thing, but to be honest, again, when you're out there, for two or three weeks, your oh, yeah, fast yeah. passes are not as key as they are when you're there for five days. No. When me and Stuart did the four parks in one day, we used our fast passes very wisely and we, we were able to get another fast pass and another fast pass in them. And it was imperative. You know what's coming. You know, no one wants to say what's coming, but I called this five years ago when they launched it. If you on the last day of your holiday, you were in the Magic Kingdom, and you could buy a touring plan, i.e. a list of predetermined fast passes times, you would do it. Mm. If you were over, you don't get to go out there as often as me. and That's just the way it is. But 
the next time you're over with your kids and everything like that, and my wife, no, not my wife, your wife, you know what I mean, right? And you're there, and it's like the last day of your holiday, and you're like, we might not be coming back here for another five, six, seven years. You would consider paying a premium for every one of you to ride on, you know, on every ride in the Magic Kingdom for that day, because I would. Well, I mean, so I mean, the the the, the sad situation for me, of course, is that I do have a, a son that would uh, be eligible for a um, uh, not a, a green pass. That's a Disneyland Paris thing, but a medical uh, pass. Well. Well, I've just listened to this week's Tell Them Steve, Dave and um, Brian Johnson has just been to Walt Disney World with his niece, who yeah. basically he's raising. That's right, yeah, Sage. Yeah. Sage, little Sage, yeah. And um, he said, she's a cash cow. Yeah. <laughs> he got to the front of every ride. See, that's the thing. Like, I don't, I don't want to say that because that's not what it's about. It really isn't no. about that. No, um, it's not and it's about limiting the distress caused to the, the yeah. children concerned, definitely. Yeah. And, you know, in our situation, I mean, we've not been back... To, well, sorry, my, my wife went last year before we had a diagnosis for Lincoln and she found it very stressful because he didn't understand queuing and he got very agitated. Alice completely got it. So... She, you know, if she was told we have to stand here for you know thirty minutes or so, that's what was going to happen, and they were going to go and, and see I, something. But and you, I bet yeah, when you went from one queue, so you had the the initial um, discomfort. You go through the ride, you get off, you go to the next queue. You've got to explain it all over again. Yeah, and and, and with him at, at the moment, he doesn't understand that concept. So. You know he's 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 still non-verbal, and we don't know if he will ever gain uh, a voice. We hope he will do. He makes a lot of noise and stuff. But at this moment in time, when you try and uh, uh, you know explain things to him, um, you don't under- You don't really get exactly how much of it he actually understands. He understands when we say certain things to him, but we don't understand. Uh, I don't think he understands a lot of the concepts that we say. So it is very stressful for him. So you know. Yeah, in one way, that probably wouldn't be an issue, as much of an issue as it would be for other people. Um, but I, I think I think it will be something that will be offered uh, at some point. I think you're right. I think there will be a deluxe pass. And Disney would be ridiculous to limit that to people that buy a certain package. You know, Disney would it would make a lot more sense if Disney turned around and went, right, we're going to sell this deluxe fast pass it's forty dollars a day per person, and that gets you, you know, straight access via the single rider queue to any attraction you want. Universal do it, and it works perfectly. Yeah. You know, Universal to the deluxe resort at Universal, the top three, you get uh, front of the line passes. And how unlimited. much? How much is their uh, their fast pass? Their express uh, pass. Can you remember what it is a day? It's, it's it's a tiered system, so uh, depending on what day it is, it, it could be as much as ninety. I think ninety dollars, right. maybe hundred dollars. I'm making that up. I could be totally. But wrong. I can't that, remember. The thing is, even if you did, you know, even if you said right, the last day, because it's your last day, we want to get as much done as possible, but it's going to cost us another four hundred dollars. 
for like you know for four of you. So let's just say they say it's one hundred dollars each, right? Yeah, you would do it if you are not yeah. planning to go back for another two or three years or longer. You would go right, sod it, pay the money now because it's done, and I'll, and we'll do it, and we'll hit all the attractions we want because we don't know when we're coming back. And Disney would be sitting on its own cash cow by doing that. At some point, Disney will buy tour and plans and their algorithms because they're the very close to tour and plans. They will go to Lentester and offer him a, an awful lot of money, and that algorithm will be put into the fast pass system, and you will be able to buy and. My family will get there in the morning and we'll start the park and go round it left to right. You'll get there at the same time and you'll go right to left. Another family will get there at the same time and they'll go up the middle. And, you know, this is what this is what they're all about. This car park is just the next stage in the, the, the cash evolution. They don't, they don't even need, don't even need touring plans. I could come up with my own touring plans. It can't be like no disrespect, but that the the idea behind it, the concept behind it, is actually not that difficult. It's based on what the I don't think like it's based on wait times. It's based on current wait times. It's based on foot traffic. It's based on the amount of people you can see. If you listen to Lentester was on what was he on the other day? It surprised me. He was on a podcast. I didn't think he'd be on, Um, but he basically went into it. They have proved. That during the off season, Disney slowed down the ride capacities because all his algorithms for this January just gone were out considerably for the wait times, and it was because Disney have been slowing down the rides. That's quite a bold, bold claim, if you ask me. But anyway, like that's Len's thing, and I'm you know let's, let's not worry too much about it. But. I think this is going to have, this is probably going to be, potentially have even bigger implications than the fact they're raising the ticket prices. Because again, especially in the UK, we normally get an amazing deal on ticket prices. So the daily entry for a ticket price doesn't bother us. We don't buy annual prices, so the annual price increase doesn't bother us. This is potentially the only thing that we'll do. Now, uh, you know, I'll go into the comments that we've got in in a second on Facebook. I don't know if we've got any on, on Twitter, so I don't think we'll dig those out. But um, it does, as you say, as you, as you mentioned earlier, at the moment, there doesn't appear to be a change on the UK side of things. So this could well be something that is not implemented for global uh, customers. It could just be something that's aimed more at the domestic market. You know what's going to go next? The Disney Dining Plan. Um, I and at, I and don't at that think... point, do you know? Do you know when that Dining Plan goes? Because it will. When Star Wars opens, they don't need to offer the Dining Plan that year, because Star Wars. We're going. We're waiting to book our holiday for next year. The Dining Plan is about to come out. Rumored the first week in April, right? And. Honest to God, if that goes, the the restaurant closures will be catastrophic. Do you really think that, though? Because... Yes. When you can go to an all-you-can-eat buffet in Disney and drop $200 for 
I'll, I'll eat five plates of food. Kerry will eat two plates of food. The kids will eat one plate of food. Right? $200 for nine plates of food. Or we can go to um, the Ponderosa and drop $30 for the same plates of food. It's not a fucking... It's not. It's... No. No, I'm, no I agree. I mean, the thing is, you know, I... I... I'm the only person, I think, on the podcast that's never done a dining plan at Disney World. Um, we always pay for our own because we found that with a dining plan, like, if you've got a dining plan, you have to make the most of it. If you've got Disney the dining plan, you are going to make sure you have three meals a day and your snacks. Um, it's not even that. It's not even that late. If you go to a sit-down meal on the dining plan and... You, like you say, you're saying you're paying, right? So you're going to instantly be drawn maybe to the cheapest thing on the menu, like a burger or something like that. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Whereas I am looking at, can I really have the lobster and steak? Mm. Of course you can't say it's on the dining plan. Well, I'm having the lobster and steak then, you know, for, and I'm paying what I'm not paying, $50 for that yeah. main, men, main meal. You're paying seventeen dollars for your burger because you're having to pay for it. The, the consequence of that is when the bill comes. Yes, I've saved money. I've had the best meal that's on the menu, the most expensive meal on the menu. But there's me tip through the fucking roof as well. Yeah. You know. So and, that's it. And the thing is, like when we went, and and I mean, I eat three meals a day, right? But because of like the humidity out there. I didn't feel the need to have free meals, but I would have had the urge to have free meals if I had the dining plan because I would want to get my money's worth out of it. But when I'm paying for it myself, right, am I going to go and have lunch because I'm hungry or am I going to have lunch because it's the time of day and I should be eating even though I don't feel hungry? If I don't feel hungry, no, I'm not. What I'll do instead is I'll go and have a snack and we might have dinner at six o'clock rather than half past seven, because at that point I'll start to get a bit hangry. But the thing, like we found, um, and we was we spent some time during a holiday off property. So if we was off property, we'd go and go to Sizzler in the morning, have like a five dollar breakfast. I know it's not there anymore, but you, you get the gist. You know, go and have a, a, a big breakfast to start the day, and then by lunchtime. It's like, okay, it's lunchtime. All the restaurants are busy. Do you feel hungry? Oh, no, I don't. Do you feel hungry? No, not really. Right, let's go and get a Mickey ice cream bar or something, and we'll, we'll carry on and do some more rides. Because that was it. We didn't feel we had to go and eat. We only had lunch if we felt hungry to have lunch. But if you've got Disney dining plan, you are going to make sure you have your meals and your snacks. Yeah, we did. Exactly. Uh so the thing is, do. like, you know, I worked out when I, and I, and I can't remember what it was now, but, you know, we, we tallied up what we spent on food when we was out there for three weeks. And we worked that out compared to what we would have spent had we gone to a, paid the extra for a Disney hotel for the, the extra time we was there um, that gave us Disney dining plan. And we saved money. We save money by not going to a better hotel and getting Disney Dining Plan than what we had done. Yes, we didn't get as much food out of it. Did but you drive? We didn't starve. Yes. 
Yeah. See, the way I quantify everything in my life is time. Putting a value on your time. And yes, you save money. You save money across the board. Mm. But did you save time? Because you're staying off property, you've got to get up early, you've got to drive. We, was, we, only stayed, we stayed off property for a week. What, uh, well, technically, we stayed on property for seven days, we stayed on iDrive for seven days, and then we went to Clearwater for three days and then another few days at iDrive on, at the end of the holiday. Um, now, at that time, we were going Denver. to like Universal. Denver. Then before kids' holidays, hey. I don't know, tell me about out. it. That won't be happening again. Um, but but we we planned it. So obviously the first week when we was at, at we stayed at Pop Century, we didn't leave Disney because there was no point because we knew the week after we was going to be on iDrive. So we did all the Disney stuff we wanted to do the first week. The second week was a bit of Disney, Universal, SeaWorld. That's what we did. We did everything like that in the second week. Um, the only thing we did, the only other thing we did Disney that week was we went to Mickey's Not So Scary, and that was the only night that we drove ourselves to the park and paid the parking fee. Um, otherwise, we get the, massive, the bus. This has got massive implications for future Florida holidays. It, I, for, potentially, it will do. Yeah, they're, they're literally cutting their own throat. You know, if they'd have gone right, I mean, I don't know what the percentage is because these hotels um, will hold 2,000 people or whatever. I don't know, right? But they've got car park space for 400 cars or whatever, 600 cars. Again, I've got no idea. Mm. So not, not everybody staying in that hotel has got a car there. So instead of charging the car people, they could have just put the prices up, Um two or three dollars a day mm. across the board and no one would ever have known well the other thing as well so thinking they've about declared, that they've declared war on the, the, the drivers yeah so they, I may as well just get a fucking Hummer now or mm-hmm. an 18 wheeler and park it in the fucking car park well yeah because the thing is like so on that holiday we got we, we hired a car so we landed at the airport we went and got our hire car from you know the, the the garages that were on on the airport lot, drove from the airport to Disney. Um, we then we didn't get in the car again for I think the first three days. I think I think one like one I think the Saturday afternoon was like we went down to like the Florida Mall to do a little bit of shopping or whatever. But that was the only time we really left property that that first week. Um, so the car sat there. Now we did that because it made no difference to us. You know, we had the car, we you know, we, we got it from for the airport, so and we weren't paying for it to be at the hotel. Now, if we were doing the exact same holiday now, with this included, and again, we've got to specify that this is not it's not been mentioned for the UK yet, so as far as we know, that's kind of not affecting us now. But let's pretend that it is affecting us now, right? So if that was the case, when we landed at Orlando, we wouldn't have gone and hired our car, we would have got a cab or an Uber or a Lyft or a bus to the resort. And we wouldn't have got our hire car until we stayed off property on iDrive the second week. So we wouldn't have paid for the car hire for that first week 
nor would we have paid any parking charges because we just wouldn't have done it. There was no need for us to need to have the car. We had it because it cost us nothing to have it there. If you're going to make us pay for that, then you just wouldn't do it. Exactly. You paid us $60 or whatever it costs you to get from Orlando um, Airport to, to Disney, and that's it. Yeah, correct. Ridiculous. Well, shall we, shall we go through uh, what the people have said? Yeah, so have we got stuff on Twitter, or is it just on Facebook? We've got stuff on Twitter, so I've had four replies on Twitter. Mm-hmm. On Twitter, I put, what are your thoughts of this cash grab from Disney charging for WDW hotel guests who are already paying a fortune to a holiday? Uh, we want your comments. So Hope Middleton has put, it's ridiculous. I've never been in a hotel where there is a shortage of spaces, so I see no need for the charges at all. Good point, well made. Uh-huh. Um, kind of bad. Oh, sorry, I'm fucking pissed off this vodka. Um, <laughs> I've had about 12 fucking shots, mate. <laughs> <laughs> so, kind of a big deal, right? I am fairly shocked. I go to Disney at least once a year for about five years, for, for, for about five days a year, and I find that this is crazy. There are plenty of ways for Disney to make money, not preying on all the larger families that drive there instead of flying because it's cheaper and easier to drive. Crystal, as poor people will complain and then dig into their pockets and pay. Which is your point. Which is my point, yeah, correct. Um, and that's all of them. Okay, so on Facebook we've got quite a few more. Um, Steve Wilson said, uh, luckily it won't affect DVC, uh, but it do- it will stink for UK visitors to stay for prolonged periods. If I wasn't DVC, I'd no longer get a car and use Uber. I'm sure I'd be cheaper, which is true. Jonathan Lewis-Jones thinks that um, there'll be a, a, a change to the DVC rates to increase, uh, to cover that charge. Um, Phil Guard says that he's heard that UKP won't be affected until 2020. So that's the rumour that's out there, but we don't know. We've got no proof of that yet. No, no. So All time we know tell. so far is it's still on, the, still on the paperwork, it's still on the website at the moment that the UK aren't paying for their parking. Now, Steve Wilson put another kind of caveat to this, which I thought was quite funny, so I'm going to mention it, which is, is it um, only for parking or is it a sort of resort fee? Because that's something you do get in a lot of uh, cities in America, is resort fees. Um, he's amazed you pay more at the deluxe resort. He didn't realise the lines in, in the deluxe were painted with gold paint or the tarmac was more expensive in Animal Kingdom Lodge than Pop Century, which is true. Yeah. Our very own Wendy... Um, says, I think this was reduced to people who rent cars because I don't like using a bus system to get to the parks. Um, agreed. Uh, Amy yeah. Van den Bugart says, uh, it's all about people Easy just, for you to say. Or, or, well, yeah, mate, we shouldn't let you say it at the vodka. Um, <laughs> thinks it's all about keeping guests on property. Definitely. So, yeah. Uh, and she's someone that, uh, she says, usually stays off property. Um, and the hotel she uses uh, offer free parking. Uh, and what and one of those also offers free breakfast again something that's not always included with these things um tom wedge says it's the first step towards them providing automated non-free transport and naked cash grab uh that being said i think the universal 
do this, which uh, we did talk about as well. Um, AV's uh, back again. Yep, about how it affects pass holders. Um, I, I don't think, if it's, if it's included in your, in your annual pass, I don't think it's going to change. Um, I, I know some tiers that have parking, so I think that'll be fine. Um, so, I, I don't think it is, you know. I think they're getting charged because I'm sure Michelle uh, Young has uh, commented down below. So there you go. Oh, um, yes. Okay, we'll see that in a second. Um, Steve's actually Steve tried to work out <laughs> how yeah, much it's going to They're going to make. So he said 34,500 rooms on property and say only 15% have to pay to park any day, average of $20. It's 37,000 additional revenue. Literally doing sweet FA. Um, yeah. Roger Palmer, again, this isn't affecting us just yet, but it hy- hypothetically um, made the point about how much it's going to cost if it's a UK stay for two or three weeks compared to a U- US visitor who would go for maybe a weekend. Uh, Michelle Young from Disney Dream Girls, uh, congratulations on 200 episodes as well. Um, so just going to my Disney travel agent, if you have an AP and stay on site and park at a hotel overnight, you'll have to pay the charges. Only exempt is DBC. So can I re- can I read out it, Adam Sultanas? You'll have to. You'll have to. Okay. Um, so yes, yeah, so that's interesting that her her travel agent said that. Um, yeah, that Very is interesting. interesting. Mm. The, all the all the phones and all the travel agents are just ringing off the hook now. Yeah, people scream and blue murder. Yeah, Adam Sultana. It. I'm gonna do it in a Mr. T voice. It's shitty. When, when did you do a Mr. T voice? <laughs> if it was one time fee, it would be acceptable, fool. This effectively increases the cost of the hotel by twenty bucks for half of Disney guests. I know Universal does it, but it sucks. I ain't paying no parking, fool. And he puts you, he puts sucks with a, a Z at the end as well as an S, so you know yeah, that yeah. he's angry. He's angry. Yeah. Um, Did you like my show, by the way, mate? That I I, I plugged it on the last. That is, you know, yeah. that metal hand of God was was fantastic. Please download it if you haven't already. And Adam, that... we're recording with Adam this week actually for Universal After Dark. So for those waiting for a new episode, we've delayed it because we've got Adam coming on. Uh, very special episode. Uh, good topic that we got with with Adam, which Craig's forgotten, so I won't embarrass him about it. Um, and that will be coming out, uh, I think, either Sunday or Monday. So keep your eyes open for that one. Um, Alex Harvey says, "What about people renting DBC points? Don't know, but it does look like at the moment it's not affecting DBC." Uh, and the last comment we've got so far, although we're still getting them in because that was only half an hour ago, um, was Joe Linda. Handline who said that Disneyland is charged for years now, and, and, and that's fine. And, and somebody else, and we've talked about obviously universal charging. The thing about Disneyland is that, unlike Disney World, is that Disneyland built somewhere and then everything got built up around it. They didn't he own, built this city on rock and roll, didn't he? Which is really poor foundations to build a city on. Like, rock and roll is not solid foundations, no. Um, but. You know, with Disney, you know, that's why you've got all these hotels that popped up around it. Disney World, it's all their own hotels. They bought all of that land and they've done what they've done with that land. Disneyland is a bit different. So parking is more of a premium. So I, I'm i not saying it's, it's right or wrong, but I can understand why they do it there. My whole thing with this, my personal opinion 
of this and these charges and everything like that, and mm. what I've said before when we talked about Universal, is that with a lot of places on Universal property, they've bought that over time. So they started off very small, and they have bought up land around the parks to build new hotels. That's cost them top dollar. Like they've not got that cheap. When when Disney bought, when they launched the Florida project and they started buying up all this swamp land in Orlando back in the late sixties to build this place, they learnt the lesson from Disneyland and they bought all of this land all around it to stop what happened at Disneyland happening again, which means that they have more than covered the cost of all of the the land purchasing all of the uh, construction costs, everything like that, they had to do. So unlike with Universal, where they're trying to get back as much money as possible because they've invested it in the last couple of years, with these existing hotels, they don't have to do that. So this really is just being cynical. It's not, it's not being done for a purpose other than to line their pockets, in my opinion. Yeah, well, I put it in there... We've got a secret group on Facebook that we can't tell anyone about. It's the After Dark Network Army or something. What's it called? Army. The Army? The After Dark Army? Fucking hell. The official After Dark Podcast Army, Nick. Come on, man. So I'll put it in there as well. So these are our special secret people. You need to request to join that group. Adam Wheeler. What on earth is the point? Okay, that is a bit obvious. It's to make money. But they've got the space, which is exactly what you've just said. And then he's come off with, this can only really be to try and stop clients having a car and going off-site, hence keeping them in the bubble. And the level is not that far off theme park pricing, so could well drive, put intended people off-site. Exactly. Yeah. You're paying to park at your hotel and you're paying the same price, basically, as people coming in from off-site. Yeah, that's it. Uh, Jed Penner loads it entirely. Zoe Wycott, uh, sad cat emoji. Um, Zoe is then put, disappointed, just another thing we have to think about when budgeting for a magical trip would surely put people off from driving to Disney but I guess if you don't take a car, you're more likely to stay on property and spend your money. Either way, more money for them. This has made me rethink staying on property for the next visit. May as well stay off site for cheaper and just pay the daily parking. Gives you more freedom. And then Simon Isabel. He's not a bell, is he? He's a fucking legend. Absolute legend. Honestly, yeah, an absolute legend. A fist pumping. Universal legend. Oh, I'll never forget that night. <laughs> Honestly, I think it's been coming for a while. Universal hotels, open brackets, lows, closed brackets, have charged for overnight parking for years. I don't think it's to stop people coming. It's to make you leave your car at home and stay in Disney and not spend any money elsewhere. I think Disney has seen that other parks are doing it and are scared of money being lost to other parks. So, you, go on. No, I was going to say, do you think, I'm just, I'm just thinking back to the figures that you were you were floating about, right? 
So if it was going to cost you, let's say, six six hundred seven hundred dollars to hire a car for your holiday, yeah, plus you know another three hundred dollars or so to park there. So we call it a thousand dollars. Do you think you would spend that much money in that same time period if you just switched to Uber? No, me, me and Phil had this conversation tonight because when the story broke, before we realised the UK people weren't getting bummed at this time, um, we were literally planning next year's holiday because we've already said we're going to transfer from the airport to Universal so we don't have to pay the car hire yeah. for a car that doesn't move for four days, five days, and the parking fees at the Hard Rock which yeah. for five nights would cost us about $150 yeah. per family, bearing in mind there's four cars, right? So that's $600 just in parking fees for four cars that don't move. Yeah. So our plans for next year's holiday was to go and pick a car up on the day of checkout from Universal, drive to Disney, and then just leave the cars there and use them willy-nilly. Mm. But Staying at the beach club, you don't need a car for Epcot. You don't need a car for Hollywood Studios. You can get to them very easily. One walking, one boat trip. The other two parks, uh, Animal Kingdom is obviously out the way, so you could use a car for that. And uh, Magic Kingdom is a bit of a, not a hike as such, but it's a little bit of a journey as well. Mm. So we we would have re rejigged the whole holiday, basically, so that we were only having the cars for the last week of the holiday. So the first week at Disney, or or the first week at Disney, so we would have had the cars for that one week, and we'd have done the Magic Kingdom and Animal Kingdom for them that, that them few days, and then we'd have used Disney transportation for the rest of the holiday. So it's already made us change our plans. Yeah. And even at this late stage of the podcast, we've just had another one from Matt Field come in. It's simply pushing people to have a Disney-only holiday and stay exclusively on Disney property. However, last time I went, I found it cheaper to order transport to and from Disney than hire a car. There you go. Pay for parking. I just hope they upgrade the existing coach service to cope with the extra demand, which they won't because they're fucking tight. (laughs) But no, that's you know it. That, I think that's it. Our listeners, our listeners have been on fucking blob all night, haven't they, with the comments? Yep. Yep. And that's it. So I think that's what I, I think. I think that's what we're going to see. I think we're going to see an increase in, in this happening. Um, I, I'd be more than happy to pay for my own transportation um, than do that. But the thing is, you, you know what? Even if it worked out that. It was a thousand. I'd spend a thousand dollars getting Ubers for three weeks, than I would do hiring my own car, and paying for parking. I would still go for the Uber. And I tell you what, how much was our Uber? How much was our Uber from Universal uh, to Disney Fifteen dollars, I think, with a tip. Fifteen dollars with a tip. So you would be hard pushed to spend a thousand dollars in Ubers. For two weeks. No, I'm just, you know, if you're going, you know, if you let's say you stayed uh, a nice hotel on iDrive, right? There are some. You stayed on iDrive, and that was your base. You could go to Universal, you could go to SeaWorld, you can go to Disney. Let's say it costs you fifteen dollars to get to each one. Yeah, right? um, I don't think you'd you'd hit that. 
if you wanted to go to, I mean, the thing is you'd have to use it to go to everywhere. So if you wanted to go to a Popeye's like I would have done before I become vegetarian, if you wanted to go to a Walmart, which you will do, if you wanted to go to a mall, which you will probably do as well. Um, Where the fuck stuff a lot of the guy when you need them? Because he he normally stays in in a squat on International Drive and gets Ubers everywhere. Yeah. But, you know, but so he he'll know exactly how much an Uber is to every park. But the thing is, it doesn't matter. We know it's going to be roughly between fifteen and probably at top whack thirty dollars, right? Amanda was saying the other day all their problems with their brother and is is getting them tickets. Mm. She was saying to get from Universal to Disney Springs would have been a forty dollar round trip. Which is, you know, we paid fifteen dollars, include the tip. So she wasn't that far off. Well, and that was to, that was to Disney Springs. So, you know, yeah, Disney maybe, Springs and back to Universal. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, if she's talking about, you know, going to Epcot or somewhere like that, and you know, maybe it would be a, a little bit more. But regardless, the fact is, even if you said like forty dollars a day for still... two weeks, is still four hundred and eighty dollars. Which is still cheaper than the thousand dollars. Yeah. So, uh, and the thing is, that's putting money into the local economy rather than lining Disney's pockets. So I'd be more inclined to do it for those reasons than if I else. lived if I lived in the Orlando area. Now I'd be getting myself a nice Beamer, and I'd be putting a big Uber sticker on it, and I'd be saying, "Show me the money." The yeah. fella we had was cracking money. He was a, was he an artist or something? Yeah, yeah. And that's it. A lot of people do Uber for his money. That's it. They use it use it part time so he could go and do auditions and stuff like that as well. Um, so it's a bit of an, um, an act, if I remember rightly. And yeah, you do it. You do it as and when you want. I I think we're going to see a big influx in Uber and those kind of you know rival services because of this because people want to do it. Um, I think. This is a plan to line Disney's pockets, and I think what it, you'll end up seeing is it actually lines other people's pockets. In the short term, the money. yeah. In the short term, until the you know to put them gondolas in, who's to say if them gondolas aren't a success, they're not rolled out everywhere? Yeah. Because the, the, the monorail is fucked. They've apparently Siemens offered to replace the fleet of monorails and for sponsorship and Disney said no what's that all about I keep forgetting right when I was at Disney last year I was in the monorail on my own for some reason I can't remember what it, why it was it must have been to go and get something out of the car or something and I get on the monorail I can't remember where I was going or where I'd been right? I just know I was on a monorail and there was a fella and his family already sitting in there when I got on it and he was sitting with his hand above his, of his head. And he's American, so you know what Americans are like. They've just got to talk to you, haven't they? Right? So he starts talking to me. So I asked him, I said, uh, are you all right, mate? What are you doing? Do you know what he was doing? No. He was, he was holding the air conditioning unit in place. Jesus. Because when he took his arm away from the air conditioning unit, it fell out. And it basically nearly brained him when he sat down at the last stop. It had fell out and it missed his head by inches. And when we got off, we went and told a cast member what had happened, that this air conditioning unit was hanging down. 
he did nothing. That monorail was not taken out of service. It just carried on. He just basically shrugged at us. And I keep forgetting to bring that up. I'm bringing it up now. Siemens could have replaced. What does that say about the long-term future of monorails? Dead back, mate. They're gone. They're gone? Yeah. They're gone. They'll be the sell. But you know what? These fucking gobshites will cash in on it. And we'll, all these fucking big fat... <laughs> Americans will all be walking around with fucking uh, monorail T-shirts. I was there to ride the last monorail. True. Fuck off. It's, it's coming. Well, they, you know, Disney do like to have a farewell T-shirt for everything they do, so you're probably right. Well, I, I think that's it. I think that's all we, we need to say about the matter for now, but I think we just wanted to get a podcast out there, an episode out there, because it is such a big thing with huge implications to your next trip. Um, I'm severely disappointed in Walt Disney World today. A little piece of me has died. Like I put out on Twitter, they'll be selling magic by the ounce soon. It will. It's always been, you know, when you're in Disney, right, you forget that you're handing over the dollars, right? Do you know when they know it's the last day of your holiday, they don't want to fucking know you? I'm, I'm honest to God, when you tell a cast member, oh, I'm going home tomorrow, oh, my God, oh, dear, Fuck off, get out of my way. There's somebody else with a crisp $20 bill there. <laughs> it, it's, it's, it hasn't upset me because I'm not that, you know, there's be people devastated today sobbing. I'm just disappointed. Yeah, I think that's it. I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't angry about it. I was a little bit shocked. But like you, I think disappointment is, is the, the name of, of, this, you know, if I, I might try and find that uh, that sound clip of, of Hercules saying disappointed because that's how I feel. Um, do you do you only buy uh, an Apple product? You're, I know you're an Apple, yeah, an Apple yeah, as well. Yeah. You're you're paying a premium for a premium product, right? You're paying over the odds, mm. but you just are. But you're also you know you're buying a solid piece of kit. This this current iteration of Disney all you hear is how the magic is dying off the cast members aren't the same God love the cast members they're on minimum wage the Disneyland cast members are sleeping in the cars because they can't afford to live they're out on you know they're in dispute with the company at the moment the thousand dollar bonus that they offered every cast member every employee across the world the Disneyland and Disney World cast members could only accept it, could only get it if they signed a waiver to accept the pay rise. This is the type of company that they are. Yeah, you know. So we we, we pe- talk about the the positives, but there there are a lot of negatives, and a lot of <laughs> a lot of podcasts don't like to talk about it. But you're you're absolutely right, and I talked about it the other day about. The, the issue with the workers at Disneyland um, and, you know, people having to live in their cars because they can't afford to go. And I'll, I'll be honest, like, my my wife has been desperate to get back to Disney World for the last few years because of our, uh, our home situation. Um, we've not been able to do it and, um, you know, we've got no idea how our son would be on a flight for that amount of time. Um, and stuff like that and so we, we, we've not really tried to look into it too much but she would still love to take them out there 
and I am more interested to go to Disneyland than Disney World because I've got such good memories of Disney World and I love it, but I've not been back since my Magic Band was introduced. Um, I've not been there since, you know, certain other changes have happened there as well. And the more I hear about stuff, the less I'm actually eager to go. And all right, Disneyland is still a Disney park, but it's a different way. It's a different. It's a different place, um, and and it's to me it seems a better better value for money, um, even though it's a shorter holiday really because you wouldn't need to be there so long. And you know what? Maybe that's what appeals as well is the fact that if I go to Disney World, if I don't go there for two weeks, I may as well not bother going because of how much stuff there is to see and do. But you can go to Disneyland for five days and you'll have done everything and more um it's losing its touch and stuff like this today these kind of announcements are going to make people reconsider what they do i can even see to be honest with the changes that they've announced at disneyland paris and the fact that so many brits go to orlando i can actually see more people starting to look rethink and look at going to Disneyland Paris. If they announce eventually a third gate, which, uh, listen to um, Jim Hill's last episode, doesn't sound like it's going to come anytime soon. No. Um, but if they do, then, yeah, I'm with you. It, it, it's up because at the moment we go £1,000 for a week in February. We may, you know, to, to go in August and stay on property. Yeah, but a thousand pounds. I mean, I somebody the other week said they got quoted uh, for a week in Disneyland Paris for over three and a half grand for two adults. It, like, Jesus. I'm not saying it doesn't happen, but if you want to go, you don't have to pay those kind of prices. Go, you know, there, there's European offers all the time. You can you can go on the French site, the German site. The, the Belgian site, whatever, they all have their own deals, quite often the German site. Normally got better deals on than we've got in the UK, and you are entitled to those deals. You can either book it through the website, or you can you can even phone up the UK Disneyland Paris travel agent and say, I want the German deal, and they will give you the German deal. Why you don't is even that even a thing? You're in, right, for the time being, we're in the EU, which is the United States of Europe. So why aren't we all getting the same deal? You're telling me people in Texas get a different deal to the people in fucking Nebraska or whatever? Uh, possibly. I mean, you, you do know that you, you get different rates if you live in, in Florida than you do if you yeah, live in Yeah, but that's because state. you live there. Oh, I agree, I agree. And look, I'm not saying that it's right. And the reason why they they let you have these deals is because they know it's wrong. Um, but you know, there's lots of reasons. You know, the euro fluctuates within countries uh, as, as one reason. Second reason is like everything that you know they have promotions at different times. There are times that they are you know in the UK you can get two nights free, but the German site might be offering you an extra night and a dining plan. Do you know what I mean? Like so, th- there will always be different deals, and that's that's how it is. But w- what I'm saying is, is that quite often if you just are willing to do a little bit of research or go and speak to a travel agent rather than just trying to look at Disneyland Paris's website, you'll find a much cheaper deal. If you want to, if you wanted to go next year for a week 
and you being quoted a thousand pounds, I can guarantee I can half that. Well, not 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 half that, but I can get that dramatically reduced, probably within about five minutes. <laughs> but I, and, and and but the thing is, people will see that and they will get put off. You're absolutely right. You shouldn't have to jump through the hoops that you you do. But then, isn't that the same with every holiday? If you went on Virgin Holidays now and tried to book a Disneyland a, a, a trip to Disney World, you could probably book that cheaper separately yourself if you do the work. Yeah, definitely. So, right. you know, it's it's not that dissimilar to doing that, but it's just the effort that you, you need to put in to do it, rightly or wrongly. But I, I, I do, I think, with all these extra little things they're putting in and the way that they are making people feel that the money is not good enough. I, and I, I talked a few weeks ago about when we last went, three weeks, two adults, it cost us just over three grand. If we did that holiday now... The same holiday, we will be looking at that being almost double. It's going to be right. You're going to swipe your magic band soon when you're getting into a lift, and you'll be charged a dollar for your fucking journey <laughs> to your foot. No bet. <laughs> right. right. I'm just this last tweet, right? This is the percent. These we've had the votes. Um, is WDW wrong to exploit their loyal hotel guests with a new parking charge? And 88% of the listeners have said, yes, the magic is dead. Wow. that That's pretty brutal. I think, although I don't see Disney turn their back on this announcement anytime soon, I don't, but I do think that it'll be interesting to see what happens over the next 12 months with park attendance. If we see a drop, um, if we see people being more and more vocal about it, and to see if Disney react to it. So the only way anything's ever going to change is if they see a drop in anything. If, if hotel attendance goes down, they'll revert back. If people aren't paying it, um, they're not taking their cars, they'll probably revert it back because they're not There's, getting the Magical Express away. There will not be a drop in Disney attendance um, for the foreseeable future because you've got Star Wars launching, you've got the 50th anniversary, everything is geared for the cash grab for that 50th anniversary. Star Wars, they could say, right, we're saving up shit on a plate. You will still go because Chewbacca is bringing it out to you. Fair point well made. Thank you. So on that bombshell, um, I think we'll leave it there. But Craig, thank you for uh, for coming on and uh, for having this kind of debate about this. And... Um, yeah, I, I think we've got an interesting uh, few months and years ahead of us. Yeah, definitely. Cue the music. I'll run the podcast. <laughs> Hello there, dear listener. Now, have you ever listened to a podcast and thought, oh, I'd really like to support those guys, but I just don't know how to do it? <laughs> well, then you're in luck. There are now two ways for you to be able to support us. The first is by going to our Spreadshirt page at shop.spreadshirt.co.uk forward slash After Dark Network. Here you can pick up t-shirts for all of the podcasts that we do. The other way is by visiting us at patreon.com forward slash disafterdark. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com forward slash disafterdark. Any money raised by buying some merchandise or pledging your support on Patreon means that we can keep producing more content for the After Dark Network. On behalf of the other After Dark Podcast Network hosts, 
We thank you for listening to this episode. We hope you enjoyed it and thank you for your continued support. I used to I used to work in Shepherd's Bush when they were building Westfield. It was when I used to work in TV, and I, and the stories that I can't tell you about really steady cook. Um, so yeah, I had fond memories of them building it, but I never got to go until it was open a few years afterwards. So anyway, we're going off topic. Enough about shopping centres. Yeah. So. Um... I uh, experienced that at the shopping centre and it's sort of right banks back in the middle of the place, which is nice and easy to find. And they've also, obviously, they've got one at downtown Disney and one in Disney Springs on both coasts of America. So you can do exactly the same experience, I believe. And it was incredibly good. And because I am the resident, if I may say so, Halloween Horror Nights expert, it kind of, this kind of feels like next gen hhn which is a phrase some people use so this is this this is where halloween horror nights could be in a few years time almost really yeah i mean it wasn't scary well it was a little bit scary a bit of peril you know there was it was an adventure game essentially um so you know this is a direction that they i mean they have had the repository this is a, a, a direction they could follow in in a few years to come um so yeah so i i i I posted on my twitter that i was going to talk about it and i immediately got lots and lots of messages saying don't don't spoil it (laughs) (laughs) whatever you do um i've just looked up there there is two in london i'm just just looking at it now it opens it opens on the 29th of march it's not open yet Right. It's booking through till May, so which okay. is which is about because when it it opened in December in Westfield, Shepherd's Bush, it was only supposed to be open until uh, March. Right. So I don't know. I'm just trying to see now if what the closing date is of the Shepherd's Bush one, just in case all they're doing is moving it over. Okay, well, in order to not uh, do too many spoilers or any at all, really, uh, it, uh, yeah, it, it is... ends in March. So yeah, they're moving it. They're moving it over. Oh, that's odd. I don't know why they would bother doing that, but hey ho. <laughs> um, my favourite Star Wars. I, I'm not a huge Star Wars fan. I've said that a few times now. But my most favourite Star Wars film is Rogue One, and this is set during Rogue One. Um. So it, to me personally, it gives it a, a much, much of a more of an edge because it's set within my favourite Star Wars film, um, and it features characters from that film. You know, I'm just you know, spoilers alert for that film. I'm just sad <laughs> that the way it ends that film that they all die. <laughs> yeah, you can't ever oh. have a with those characters. <laughs> but hey ho, this is the sequel that you wanted, almost. Well, that's probably set before the film, I would imagine. Um, there is, just to let you know, there is a sequel to Rogue One. 
Is it? Yeah, it's called episode four. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No. Um, so just to uh, sort of explain the process just very quickly so everybody sort of is aware, you, you, if you haven't pre-booked, you queue up. Um, you pretty much go straight into it if you've pre-booked. You hand them your paperwork. You sign a, a waiver, which is like a digital waiver, <laughs> like an email to you. Um, then you hand them your luggage or your jackets or whatever. Uh, they give you a, a key, and then you sort of join this very short line before you are inducted. And the induction is a video, um, which is part of it's like a pre-show, sort of sets up the mission for you. Um, you then go into another area where you are suited and booted, and this basically consists of uh, this waistcoat with a backpack um, and a helmet with a visor that comes down. And why that's important is that the the backpack and the waistcoat effectively uh, react to the environment. Right. So the headset is obviously doing the, the, the 3D virtual reality thing, and the backpack is acting as a so for example the, there are areas within the story that you go into where there's quite a hot area then there's an area where um you might get shot so of course if you get shot the backpack will do a reaction to that so it's giving you a, a sensory overload of all your senses rather than just uh, the visual side of things. So you actually feel as though you're in these environments. Does it smell? Um, sort of, a little bit. Not overly. Okay. But I think they are trying to hit every single sense. I think they're trying to tick every box with that. Um, my only criticism of the whole thing is it's quite short. Um, I don't necessarily think that the the solving puzzles side of it is actually there other than to just distract you. I don't think that's really what the game's about. The game is essentially a, like any other kind of video game, shall I say, where there's quite some peril. Um, but the in terms of the effects where you're sort of flying through space and then you're walking on these gantries, you know, it's, it's very Star Wars. It, it does give the impression that you're, you know, you're high up on a tower, then you're down low, then you're, uh, there's like an earthquake sequence sort of thing where it's all moving. It, it's done so seamlessly. And you do generally start thinking you are part of the Rebel Alliance dressed up as a stormtrooper. <laughs> but what's so great about it is it, I did it with my partner. It was just me and her. Um, and I think you can do it in groups of five. But um, Four. You, all four. Um you are dressed as a stormtrooper, essentially, as part of the Rebel Alliance. But as you look down at your your hands and your arms, you're moving them in front of you, and they are clad in the stormtrooper outfit. And wow. when you look at your partner, like I have, it's the same height as what she is, and it's just and she is moving and doing everything, and it is she is there. You know, it's incredibly well done. Wow. Um, I would highly recommend it. And if you chaps want a few spoilers, I'll tell you after recording. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know that I know that I'm definitely going to do it. Um, I'm not sure when. It depends on when it's this. I think 
I think we were talking about doing it when we were trying to see each other in a few weeks, but it looks like that's when it's going to be closed while they move it over. So, um, yeah. But well, I, will, I will be doing it when it opens at Stratford, definitely. Um, well, one, one teaser I will say to you is there's a very iconic scene in Rogue One that makes the film, and that is in this game. An iconic scene? Yeah, yeah. Is it, is it when Rocky knocks out Apollo Creed? That it, no, it's the bit where he goes up the stairs and goes. Oh, of course, what an idiot! Exactly, what an idiot! I, I completely blew that joke, like a chump. Um, but no, I mean I think he looks fascinating. I love, I love uh, VR. Um, I've had very limited experience with it with the, with this new version of VR. But what I've had, I thought, if they get it right it will be something special. And I think everyone that I know has experienced this so far, that's exactly what they've said, is that they've started to nail it. Um, and this could be the start of many things. In fact, we got a tweet tonight, actually. Um, let me... Now I've said that. I don't just love it when you, you make reference to something and realise you haven't got it in front of you. Uh, miscellaneous, um, who's a fan of the show, hello. Uh, thank you for listening. Also has um, one of our t-shirts, which we'll be plugging later on. Um, but she said that she went on the, on the um, Darren Brown thought part thing that we were talking about. Mm. Um, and she said it was really good. Now, oh. I know that they've been tweaking it from when it first opened. So I know that they were trying to make it better than what it was. So it'll be interesting, because I know you've done it before, didn't you? Uh, or, did you or was it closed when you went? No, it's closed. Every oh. time I've been to Fort Park, it's shut. Yeah. So, but it'd be interesting to see, to speak to someone that's been on it pre, like when it first opened to now. Because, you know, when it first opened, it looked pretty ropey, but I've, I've heard a few people say now that it, it's actually quite good. So there must be something to it. Um, well, supposedly, a friend of mine told me that um, he's got a mate that works at Lucasfilm in the UK somewhere. And he supposedly told him that, this originally was a Ghostbusters attraction. They built they, a... They, they have one in Madame Two Swords in New York, I think is where it is. The okay. Ghost, the Ghostbusters one. Yeah, well, supposedly the, it wasn't very popular, or if it is, it's still going. It wasn't that great. Mm. But it, 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 it is actually very good, even though it hasn't been very popular. Mm. And a Disney executive went through it and contacted the void and said, can you do this for Star Wars? Wow. Yes, we can. And that's where it all sprung from. I think the only thing that's going against it is, I don't know how much, I think it's, I think it's about $30 in Disney Springs. And yeah, it's, a, it's something like that. Yeah, and I think, I think it's about £32 or something to go and do it. Oh, thir- wow. £35 standard or £30 for off-peak. <laughs> well, I know when I'm going. Um, but as you say, it's only like a 15-minute or so attraction. It's quite a short experience. Yeah, I mean, it's probably all told. You're probably in there about 30 minutes, maybe slightly slightly more. I mean, a Star Wars fan could, uh, could say, uh, aren't you a little short for a paid-for attraction? <laughs> um <laughs> This is why we need Craig on the show. He'd have, he'd have, and on that note... Yeah, he'd have, he'd, have, he'd have told me off for that one. Um, but no, that's great. Uh, I, I think I'm definitely going to... So I'm definitely going to do it. And um, yeah, that's that's definitely wet my appetite. Um, 
a couple of quick things I wanted to mention just before we do eventually go, though, is the rumour going still on about Star Wars of this Obi-Wan Kenobi film. Mm-hmm. Have you heard who it looks like could be directing it? No. Very strong rumours, seeing it multiple sources, that George Lucas might be directing it. Oh, no. <laughs> That went so well the last time. <laughs> yeah, but now now Disney are invested in it. So maybe someone will try and rein him in a little bit. Maybe someone know. will tell him no. <laughs> I don't I really oh. don't know how to feel. I really don't know how to feel about it. No. I wanna on, on the one hand, I think we are all in agreement, because especially because Craig's not here, that the prequels are pretty rubbish. <laughs> Um, yes. <laughs> but at the same time, I think it might be nice to let him have one final throw at the dice. And to be honest, looking at how shit Han Solo looks like in that new film, <laughs> how much worse can it get? So, well, I, I don't like these news. I like Rogue One, but I don't like the other two episodes very much. You best because you don't like J.J. Abrams. I don't like J.J. <laughs> I think he's a waste of space. Maybe and we need Lucas he's, back. He's the king of space at the moment. <laughs> That's why he's so upset. That's why well, he's so upset. Is Alec Guinness going to be in it? Ruined yes. <laughs> yes, the, the, um, they're going to reanimate the corpse of Alec Guinness. Just so he can moan about the deal that he got for the first Star Wars and not taking a merchandise <laughs> in one that he was off. But like um, they did with Peter Cushing. Yeah, they did, didn't they? Yeah. Um, so is that. Uh, also... We kind of touched on it earlier, the fact that uh, Rock and Roller Coaster in Disneyland Paris is going to be rethemed to a Marvel attraction. Are we excited about that? Yes. Making a Black Panther attraction, I'm all for it. Well, that <laughs> he might us, be in it. Well, that leads us on to the next bit because uh, <laughs> I think it'd be wrong for us to not mention the fact that Black Panther has broken all kinds of records. Uh, you, you could make a roller coaster out of it. Well, it could happen. I, I think the popularity of it, I think they're going to have to do something with it sooner rather than later. Um, yeah. It's, I mean, the final, fi- as we recall, the final figures aren't in, but it looks like in the four-day uh, Presence Day weekend that uh, Black Panther could well have made over $200 million at the US box office alone. Yeah. They're currently saying that it's slated to be the highest-grossing solo superhero movie opening ever. Wow. Yeah, well, <laughs> and and that's in the month of Febby Febby, so you know that's that's huge, which huge. is not a big box office month. No, oh, I think <laughs> the the biggest film before that was probably Deadpool. Yeah, you know it's it's a quiet month. To be honest, like uh, and I'll openly admit it on, a, on an episode of Pop After Dark a few months ago, I said um, I had no interest in seeing Black Panther, and I thought it could be a bit of a flop. Uh, that was before I saw the trailer. Admittedly, in my defence. Um, but I thought releasing it in February, I know they had to release it before Infinity War, but um, yeah, I, th- I thought it felt a bit dumped, but this could have actually been genius marketing by by Marvel Studios, so uh, yeah, yeah, good good stuff. Um, it, was, it was unbelievable. It was so good. Have you seen it already? <laughs> I have. Yeah, I think we're the only two, actually. Um, I think other people are seeing it later this week, but uh, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I didn't, I didn't enjoy it as much as you did, but um, yeah, I think for a lot of reasons, it's a very important film. 
Um, yes. And I'm glad it's, it has done well. I am glad it has done well. So there is, there is that. Um, before we wrap up, was there anything else anyone wanted to mention? Excellent. So, and that's, <laughs> I love it. I love it when everyone goes quiet. Um, so on that note, we'll wrap up. Um, Caitlin, I, I don't know if you want to plug yourself at all. Um, my, so most active, I'm on Twitter and Instagram. On Twitter, I'm talk Disney number two, me. And then on Instagram, I'm at dancing underscore Disnerd. They, they tend to change often. <laughs> but those are the ones that I'm using right now. <laughs> Very good. Very good. And yes, um, you can see some of Caitlin's. It's not just Disney. She might just, she might have had Disney in her name, but there's a lot of Harry Potter there as well. So, um, plenty of Harry Potter, plenty yeah. of Marvel, plenty yeah. of Star Wars. So there you go. So yes, please give her a follow if you've enjoyed her. Thank you very much uh, for coming on. Uh, really appreciate it. And said hope that we've given you some, some good tips for your trip. Yes, thanks for having me on. No problem. Well, maybe if you want to come back and, and give us a kind of post-trip report, you know where we are. Surely. Excellent. Uh, so on that note, thank you, uh, dear listeners, for, for downloading and, and listening to us. Uh, thank you all for, for coming on, guys, as well, and gals. And uh, we will see you uh, in a, another couple of weeks. Bye-bye now. I to light speed to Endor. <laughs> Chris Ripley needs a catchphrase. Maybe it should be your favourite <laughs> Star Wars film is The Caravan of Courage. I hate J.J. Abrams. Oh, now there's a winner. <laughs> Hello there, dear listener. Now, have you ever listened to a podcast and thought, oh, I'd really like to support those guys, but I just don't know how to do it? Well, then you're in luck. There are now two ways for you to be able to support us. The first is by going to our Spreadshirt page at shop.spreadshirt.co.uk forward slash After Dark Network. Here you can pick up t-shirts for all of the podcasts that we do. The other way is by visiting us at patreon.com forward slash disafterdark. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com forward slash disafterdark. Any money raised by buying some merchandise or pledging your support on Patreon means that we can keep producing more content for the After Dark Network. On behalf of the other After Dark Podcast Network hosts, we thank you for listening to this episode, we hope you enjoyed it, and thank you for your continued support. Podcast is part of the After Dark Podcast.